0: With the 66th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Kellen Mond,
1: quarterback, Texas A&M. Do you have your backup quarterback sort of mimic your starting quarterback? I think in some cases it works, but I think also sort of like bringing in the relief pitcher that throws something else.
2: Well, hello, Vikings fans, and welcome to episode number 92 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast following rounds two and three of the 2021 NFL draft. It was a very, very eventful night for your Minnesota Vikings as four players were selected on night two of the draft. And thank you to our good friends at High V for being here with the Minnesota Vikings podcast all weekend long. They will bring you quite the guests on today's show. We have former Vikings linebacker and member of the Vikings Entertainment Network, Ben Lieber, as well as Vikings.com staff writer and associate editor, Lindsey Young. Really good content coming up in the show. Ben brings you all the X's and O's of all four members of the Vikings draft class tonight. And Lindsey, who is at every single press conference with all four players, uh, brings everything you need to know That happened there. So with that, I bring in the man behind the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It is Vikings.com's producer, Jay Nelson. What's going on, Jay? It was a very eventful night. The Vikings, it looked like they were going to trade up early in the draft. Rick Spielman kind of teed us up after night one saying, we have a lot of picks tonight and there's a good chance we're going to trade up to the second round. That did not happen. We waited until pick 66 to draft a quarterback. So really interesting night for the Vikings tonight.
0: Yeah, I think the the thing for them was they were monitoring and looking at some of these different groups, probably the ones that seemed like the talent was a little thinner. Um, just given the amount of talent that is out there this year, they had already talked about that going into the pre-draft press conference, um, saying that there are certain groups that they had identified that they knew that once a run would start, they needed to jump into the fray if they really needed to get something. And so it, it kind of felt like we were all – watching and waiting to see if they were going to make a move and jump into round two. But what was really interesting was those quarterbacks didn't start to fall off until Trask fell off there at the end of the second round when Tampa finally jumped up and grabbed him. And they're going to see if maybe he's the heir apparent to Tom Brady. So it it, once that hit and then Jacksonville didn't take a quarterback, I think they looked at it and said, this is where it's going to go. And that's when they pounced and, and jumped on uh, Kellen Mond at number sixty-six. So, um, and then there were three quarterbacks taken within four picks at that point. So, they just the timing was right. They were super patient. There were a lot of players that a lot of fans on Twitter and social media were really getting angsty about that were going, saying, "Why aren't the Vikings doing anything?" And it just felt like they had kind of identified some different players to fall. And once they did, they just they were patient and patient and patient. And patient and it seems like they were able to grab the players that they needed at the positions they wanted.
2: I agree, man. I feel like quarterback might have been the position that they were looking at first because there wasn't one taken until pick 64 on night two when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected Kyle Trask. But I want to talk about what happened before that before we get into our guests on tonight's show. There were 12 trades made up and down, uh, by teams that were trading around in the draft, and not one of them were our Vikings, as I said before. But how crazy was that for night two for so much movement to happen right in front of the Vikings' 66th pick?
0: Well, there were six picks, uh, six trades that happened in the first 11 selections of the second round, so like half. And then behind that, there were still another five Transactions or five five positions that so get. many
2: on this on this outline I can't keep up. <laughs> so like
0: on our format here, I color code it, and it just looks like a giant highlighter just exploded all over the dang thing. Because what was really crazy was you even in the fourth round you saw. Uh, there was a, a Cleveland traded with Carolina, who then flipped that and traded the pick right away back to Houston. So like there, there was just a ton of movement that happened here, and I think it just spoke to the fact that there were certain teams that were looking for certain certain positions and certain top tier talent, and everyone felt like, man, I got to start leapfrogging some of these teams because if I don't, I'm gonna miss out. So it was it was really interesting just to see how it all fell out tonight. And to see the amount of action that happened and so for us to be willing to wait till the third and still feel like we got a bunch of the guys that we wanted was was very fortuitous for our front office.
2: It seems like we got a bunch of the guys we wanted, as you said, Jay. With the 66th pick, we get our quarterback in Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, one of the top dual threat players and one of the best players in Texas A&M school history with 93 total touchdowns. That's a franchise record tied with Johnny Manziel. I'm going to run through the picks here really quick before we get to our guests who literally break down every single pick. And then with the 78th pick, the Vikings selected a linebacker out of North Carolina. His name is Chaz Surratt. He was actually a quarterback starting his career there with the Tar Heels and became a linebacker. Definitely an interesting pick at number 78. And then number 86, the Vikings select a much-needed position. It is the guard position, and it's from a big-time school in Ohio State. Wyatt Davis, the 6'4", 315-pound Guard, really big player for the Vikings to get at the 86th pick. And finally, the fourth pick of the night was the 90th overall pick. The Vikings get their edge rusher for defensive coordinator Andre Patterson. It's Patrick Jones the second out of the University of Pittsburgh. Maybe a Chris Dolman in the future. You never know, Jay. Uh, but with that, make sure to maximize your draft weekend and shopping experience by earning fuel savings, exclusive monthly deals, free grocery delivery, two-hour express pickup, and your very own personal shopper. Sign up for Hy-Vee Plus membership today at hy com. Thank you to hy V for being with us all weekend long right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. All right, well, let's bring in our two guests of the night. All right. Well, thank you to our friends at High V for being with us all weekend long on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And thank you to them for bringing in former linebacker and, of course, member of the VEN, Ben Lieber, and Vikings.com's staff writer, Lindsey Young. Uh, it's It's a great crew to have here to cover a very eventful night. Uh, Night two of the NFL draft for the Minnesota Vikings. A very busy night because a lot of players were selected at very interesting positions. And it all started with no trade being made in the second round. The Vikings did not trade up into the second round despite having the four third round draft picks. And Ben, it's really interesting to me because Rick Spielman kind of teed us up yesterday saying, we're going to trade up into the second round or try to trade up to the second round. So what were your thoughts when no trades were made and we wait until pick 66 to make our first draft pick
1: the void that we had the second round of like that was going to drive the bus, right? That that hole in the second round was going to sort of decide and, and show the way for the first round. So it made sense to me that there would be a trade down an acquisition of draft equity to try to get back in the second round. And you know, when we talked to them after the, after the the draft last night on KFAN, he very much intimated that they were going to get back in the second round. And that's the plan. And we're like, okay, we just need to hear it from his mouth. And then to have it not happen, I guess it's surprising. But at the same time, whenever you go in with that plan, you have to think, well, it takes two to tango. Everybody in the NFL knows it round two picks are our day one starters most of the time. So it's still very valuable for all these guys to keep their second round picks. And you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that nobody's going to dance with you, (laughs) even though you might want to get back in the second round.
2: And there was absolutely no quarterback taken until a few picks before the Vikings, Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go and take Florida quarterback, Kyle Trask. And that's when, uh, you start to think maybe the Vikings might be taking a quarterback at the 66th overall pick, and that's what happened. It's dual-threat quarterback Kellen Mond at a Texas A&M. So before I go to Lindsey, who was at the press conference with Kellen Mond, I want to ask you, Ben, what are your overall thoughts on this move? I know from my time with the Vikings, I've been with the team since 2015, we've drafted one quarterback, and that's Iowa's Nate Stanley. So when you draft... A, a player of this magnitude, it's certainly surprising, and it, it's a flashy move on my end.
1: You know, I had actually prepared myself getting into the draft that this could happen. Even even before we acquired the extra third round picks, uh, I I actually thought that we'd use one of the third round picks on a quarterback, and I thought it made sense. Um, I I like the idea of having a younger, fresher backup quarterback, and I know that we had Nate Stanley from last year, but there's this philosophy in my mind that do you have your backup quarterback sort of mimic your starting quarterback? I think in some cases it works, but I think also it's sort of, it's sort of like bringing in the relief pitcher that throws something else, you know, that has a little bit of a dynamic, uh, you know, rotation of pitches that's different than the starter and it throws off the batting order. So I, I think having a guy that can move around a little bit more, a little bit more athletic um, having a guy like Kirk kind of teach him the ways of quarterbacking, um, I actually didn't – I don't mind the pick at all. And you, and you look at his, his career at Texas A&M, uh, he's well-coached there by Jimbo Fisher, who was, who's had a number of great quarterbacks under his tutelage. And he, and he continues to get better and better and better. He's, the interceptions go down and down and down. And, um, you know, I just think that he's got a high ceiling – and uh, he's going to keep progressing.
2: The baseball guy that I am really appreciates that re- reliever analogy that you made there, Ben. So, um, <laughs> But Lindsey was at the press conference right after Kellen Mond was selected. So what is your overall takeaway from hearing him speak? I believe he had a lot of confidence saying that he's been ready for this moment Um, since he was like two years old.
3: Yeah, he did have a lot of confidence, which I liked. But then on the flip side, he also seemed, you know, very aware of the situation that he's coming into with Minnesota, that they obviously have an established uh, starter with Kirk Cousins. And I think, you know, he was excited to be able to learn from Kirk. And he mentioned um, the conversations that he's already had with Clint Kubiak. And uh, he even noted to like being able to learn from some of the veteran receivers that are on the team and just things that they've seen and learned. Um, and you know, he did talk too about just the ways that he's improved and and grown under under Coach Fisher. And so I think Ben's point of having a high ceiling—that's what is so exciting about the pick to me because there's been like such tremendous growth over the past four years. Um, and so you know, kind of what's next for him.
2: You know, I see a raw player and I see a player that played a lot of games as a true freshman. He played in 11 games. Um, wasn't as successful earlier on in his career with Texas A&M. But, Ben, when you look at the film, I'm sure you've studied this guy and seen what he can do as a dual-threat quarterback. What are his strengths, and what do you think um, he can really build on to become and reach that ceiling that everyone says that that is not even there for him? They're saying that he is a player with really no ceiling uh, when it comes to what he can do from an an athlete standpoint.
1: Well, you mentioned the athlete standpoint. The thing that I – I recognize going to back to watch you know the season two years ago versus just this last season that you saw his his ability to contain his athleticism and want to be more of a quarterback you can see him you can actually watch him trying to be more of a pocket quarterback from two years ago versus last year and you can almost see how the coaching's coming out of him as he goes out there on Saturdays that He's keeping himself in the pocket. He's trying not to break out of the pocket. He's trying to slide around and feel the, the pressure uh, as opposed to just tucking the ball and using his God-given talents to run down the field. And so that's, that's the part that I think is exciting is you're, you're actually watching this guy from season to season go from, Hey, I'm a, I'm a really fast guy that's athletic that can run past people. I can be productive, but I'm also the quarterback that I still have to learn how to be a quarterback. And, and he, Started to do that. So now it's like, well, where where does he stop? You know, where does he, you you see the arm strength, you see his ability at times to really anticipate. I think that's the one thing that has to get better is he's a little mechanical with his reads. You know, it's just like you can see him drop back and he goes, one, two, three, and then he'll either slide around the pocket move. He's just got to become a little bit quicker with that processing. He he can make every throw. Now he's just gotta trust it.
2: Well, he tied Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, with 93 total touchdowns at Texas A&M. That's that is the record um, for the for the school there. So, pretty impressive career that he was able to put together at such a young age, uh, playing so many games there. The next pick for the Vikings was the 78th overall pick. And just as we thought the previous pick was a surprising one, I think this one shocked a lot of people. It shocked the analysts on the national broadcast. It was a quarterback, oh no wait, a linebacker who was a quarterback, and that's Chaz Surrett out of North Carolina, Lindsey. You were at his press conference as well. What were your overall takeaways from, from how, he was, how he addressed the media and what he brings to the table for the Vikings' defense?
3: Yeah, I thought I was impressed by him. Honestly, I wasn't familiar with him going into the press conference. Wasn't really sure what to expect, Um, but he also showed a lot of, Excitement, a lot of confidence. He was very polite and just, I think, just happy to speak with the media and to just kind of share why he's a good fit for the Vikings. He talked about, you know, watching Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks and being excited to play with them. And you can tell that he's a big family guy too. His brother Sage is also in the draft, and he he made a comment like, "This weekend isn't isn't done until we're both drafted." And and you could tell that, you know, just being there with his family and celebrating celebrating was really you know a special time for him but yeah I just I came away from it like kind of wanting to know more about him and just feeling impressed by how he carried himself and definitely his excitement for being part of this defense
2: well he's 6-2 and 229 and Ben I mean you were a linebacker did you play quarterback when you were a young uh, toddler coming up or what no man I I in our in
1: our high school, the glory position was running back, so that's where I wanted to be. That the quarterback was just the messenger to hand off the ball to the. To and the you running just back. barreled through people. Yeah, yeah, I just <laughs> we we did, I think we threw the ball like four times a game. So that the quarterback position was not the position you wanted to play in our high school system. But you know, um, you know, to Lindsay's point. I have a friend that that has worked with him in the media side um, in in North Carolina, and and she was telling me tonight that you're not going to find a better human being. And I know that that doesn't mean much when it comes to you know a third round draft pick in the NFL. I mean, the fans want to care about what is he like a player, but I'll, I'll tell you this much that he he has so much respect from everybody down there just from the way he carries himself. You're never gonna you're never gonna have to worry about him off the field. He's going to be a tremendous leader of the guys in the locker room. And like Lindsay's saying, like, you know, he's, he's got a, a really cool story with his brother, I believe is only 14 months apart. Um, so they're very, very close. Um, but as a player, you know, you have to respect the fact that not a lot of guys can make that switch from quarterback to linebacker. You know, we see quarterback to safety a lot. Um, and and it usually works out pretty well because they, they understand spacing. They understand what the quarterback is looking at, but, at the safety position compared to a linebacker, you don't have to have that level of toughness that linebackers have to have. And for him to make that transition, play at a high level, still learn, still, still learning the game, you know, still, you know, there, there are linebackers that have been playing for for 12 years at that position from from middle school and, and Pop Warner all the way up to through college that still don't understand the nuance of the game and, and even get drafted. So this guy has not played linebacker for very long. He goes out and gets drafted in the third round. I, I think that's, You know, as much respect as you can give a player uh, for his toughness, the way he's adapted to to play in a different position, a different side of the ball. Uh, I'm excited what this guy can do because um, he's not afraid to blitz. He he knows how to get downhill and be disruptive. Uh, He does have to learn how to how to cover guys a little bit better. But he's got the athleticism and the toughness you're looking for.
2: Yeah, and when the Vikings lose a guy like Eric Wilson in free agency to the Eagles, I definitely think that's a spot that needs to be filled. And I know Adam Zimmer likes those long and rangy uh, type linebackers. He found one in Troy Dye in last year's draft. I think this is the same kind of player, a very raw player, that he can kind of bring in and mold uh, to become the kind of linebacker that he wants within this Vikings defense. So um, on the next pick, there were a lot of picks in the third round for the Vikings. I mean, it was just pick after pick. I'm managing vikings.com. I can't even keep up. Uh, We're at the 86th pick and guard Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. I think that is a need that the Vikings fans wanted addressed maybe earlier in this in this draft. But I think when you get a guy from Ohio State who blocked for one of the top offenses in college football last year from a running standpoint and from the quarterback standpoint, Lindsay, uh, I think this really was a was a need that the Vikings addressed and, and they did it late in the draft and got a player of a high caliber from a big school.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I'm hoping that he turns out to be the steal that it feels like he could be. You know, I think you make a really good point just about the offense that he was a part of and the, the point of the third round where we were able to get him, I think is a huge win. Um, I kind of caught the beginning part of his press conference. And the thing that I liked is not only his confidence in playing, but that he said that he feels extremely confident playing on either side, which I think is always a good thing. Um, because we know that when they, when these guys get into training camp and things like that, they'll probably try guys out at different spot or different, you know, sides right versus left and, and kind of see how they work out together. And so, Kind of his, you know, open mindedness and just wanting to come and do whatever he's asked was was cool to see. And he had a lot of energy too, just high energy. Um, again, excited to be here. So I I think it's definitely a win. Like you said, it's a need and just adds more depth to that group.
2: Six four, three fifteen. I mean, blocked for Justin Fields last year. They didn't lose a lot of games in his time with the team. I think it was only two games that they lost. Uh, what do you see there, Ben? Because I saw that you tweeted that Rick Spielman stayed patient, but he got a big-time player in Wyatt Davis. So what have you seen from him on film that made you kind of think that they kind of got a steal later on in this draft in Wyatt Davis?
1: Well, you know, uh, who, who knows with all, with all the, uh, the, the expert guys, uh, with all the rankings, what they really, really know. Um, But that's what the public is going to go off of. And Wyatt Davis was a guy that was on the the top of the best available of all positions for a while in the draft. And a lot of people thought that you know, he had some medicals, but when it comes down to his his ability to play football and play that position, a lot of people thought that he was very, very much a high second-round draft pick. And so to see him keep falling – I know a lot of fans on social media are saying like, we need to get this guy. I was even seeing we need to get this guy early. Um, And for him to be patient, it showed a lot of strength and understanding of the draft and knowing the value of these players and what the other teams in front of them needed. He's like, no, I I don't have to pick him right now. You know, we, we can take, we can take the quarterback that we want. We can take this athletic linebacker that we want, and we can still get him at, at a later pick. And that's exactly what happened, whether that was luck, or whether, whether it was constructed like that, it did work out to where you absolutely appease the fan base. You get Christian Darrisaw in the in the first round. You address the right guard spot, and that's exactly where where Wyatt Davis plays. Is that right guard spot? That was a need, and that was a, a hole to fill. So all of a sudden now, in in two days of the draft, and, and you got three rounds of the draft completed, and you've solidified your offensive line. And, and the other thing that I, I thought is interesting is – Derisaw's pick to me it it triggered a shift in in philosophical thinking with this offensive line we have always been since we have had this zone running scheme undersized we we want undersized we want fast we want guys that can get to the second level and what happens what has been the biggest thing for us when it comes to protecting Kirk we can't hold up against our own guys in our division on the defensive line of getting that inside push, just getting knocked off the line. Yeah, we might get up to the second level in the run game, but we can't stop anybody when they want to just bull rush us and get right into Kirk's lap. So what did we do this year? We go out and get one of the biggest, strongest guys at left tackle. He's not known as a. As a base guy that's going to run around and get up to the second level and then you get a guy like Wyatt Davis as well that's a big bodied mauler strong strong lower body not known as an athlete and I like it I like the fact that we're we're beefing up our offensive line and we're actually going to be the intimidators as opposed to the ones that have to have to punch second.
2: I really miss talking to you after each and every Vikings game on the vikings.com postgame report cuz I couldn't agree with you anymore with what you just said. When you when you hear Mike Zimmer say in his press conference after Christian Darius Dar saw that, we literally just wanted a big man at left tackle, a 6'5" player at that position. That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited because that's what we we're missing in the pass just in the pass rushing game. When, when you're trying to block for Kirk Cousins, who obviously isn't as mobile as some of the of some of the other uh, quarterbacks out there, so and they only did that on the offensive side, but then they did it on the defensive side in free agency. You know, Ben, you were talking to those two guys yesterday uh, at on the uh, on the Miller Lite Happy Hour. What was it like seeing those two big guys being added to the defensive line?
1: Uh, well, they take up the screen. I'll tell you that much. I mean, <laughs> their, little, their little box was pretty much filled up by their faces. Um, it, so, it, you know, it's it's so funny to me that that and and I, and I know this, and I should know better. But I I look at those two big men, and you kind of think that they're just going to be kind of rough and tumble and mean and whatever. Well, and not. you know, they 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 both have these amazing smiles, and they just seem so soft spoken, and you're like. You're a killer on the field. Like you, you are. You, you pick up three hundred pound guys and push them around, and yet you're just so soft-spoken and you're so sweet. You know, I, I, I love the contrast.
2: It's like yeah. Linval. Yeah, we were talking to Andre Patterson uh, on on one of our shows last week, and he was like. Yeah, they literally both remind me of Linval, and we wanted two of them in the middle so our linebackers can do what they're doing um, next year, which will be a big thing for the Vikings' defense. But with that, let's get to the last pick that was made on day two of the draft for the Minnesota Vikings. It was an edge rusher to add to that group of on the defensive line. It's Patrick Jones the second out of Pittsburgh, and I brought up Andre Patterson just a bit ago And Andre literally said to us, he was like, I don't need one of those first-round edge rushers. I don't need a second-round edge rusher. I could find one in the third or fourth round. I've shown I could do it with Daniil Hunter, and he he literally lets his his actions do the talking as a coach, which how could you not love that, Ben, when a coach has that much confidence to get a guy like Patrick Jones II out of Pittsburgh, a smaller-name guy? I've never heard of him, to be honest with you. So tell me a little bit about what he can bring to this Vikings defensive line.
1: Well, I mean, all you gotta do is look at sort of like Daniil Hunter and DJ Wanham. I mean, he's he's built, you know, not quite as freakish <laughs> as Daniil, but he's got that size and he's got that frame, and you can understand why with those long arms and that quick get off that they're like, okay, we got a we got a big body guy that uh, that plays within himself as far as this, his strength goes. He's gonna get stronger. Um, he has he has natural burst off the line. That's that's something that's as hard to coach in the weight room. You either you either have that instinct to get off the line and that quick twitch or you don't. Um, and he has that. And and so you you can see um, the prototype that Andre Patterson likes to work with. Um, clearly, there are some technique things that he needs to work on, but I'm sure he's salivating over all the measurables, all the intangibles that he has. And and he's right, you know. I I know for for us as fans we we get enamored by some of the bigger name guys maybe the guys that have a little bit more flash to them but when you've got a a coach as high quality as as Andre Patterson that says you know go use your high round picks on guys that are ready to go now I trust in my system and myself that I can take these guys um, that are a little rough and polish them up and make them great players and and uh, so it's a great asset to have a guy like Andre scouting these guys
3: I think he's kind of, solid, he's kind of proven himself so much in those kind of mid round players. I think that he, he probably won't ever get like a first or second round guy because coaches can just rely on him to find kind of those diamonds in the rough, you know? And I mean, even when you look even earlier than, than DJ and Neil, I know that, that Coach Dre did not draft Everson or B-Rob, but the fact that he, you know, worked with them a little bit later in their careers and they were both fourth round guys and, you know, got so much more out of their game as well. And so I just, I feel like anytime we draft a defensive lineman, wherever he's at, I'm excited to see what coach Patterson can do with them.
2: Ben, give us your final thoughts on what is to come for the Vikings. Still a lot of picks remaining, especially in the fourth round coming up here. So what are you expecting for the rest of this NFL draft? You know, I, I think now you can you can
1: obviously sort of take best available. You filled the biggest holes that, that were needed on this team. But I'd still like to see, um, you know, a, a wide receiver three, a slot wide receiver that has some returnability. Um, let's see if the, he, can, he can compete with Osborne if he's going to come back for, for a year or two, a, a better player and, and hopefully much improved and provide some, some competition. Um, we need to find, I think, more of a game-changing guy at that number three position at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, you can never have enough corners, especially with Mike Zimmer as your, as your head coach. And, and I think that safety position is, is an area of need as well. So I would expect um, tomorrow uh, for the rest of this draft We focus a little bit on offense, but I think it's mostly going to be defense.
2: We added so many players, and I'm counting. We still have six picks remaining, three fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, and a sixth-round pick. So, Lindsey, what are your final thoughts on what the Vikings are going to do going forward?
3: I feel like I never know going into day three if those more six picks. Are going to
2: trade for more?
3: <laughs> I know. Like, are those six picks going to become ten by the end of tomorrow? Um, <laughs> I just feel like I never can. I'm a very type A person, but I learned to not be that way during draft weekend because, like, every time I'm ready to go for a pick, like, it changes. Um, although that did tonight, though. So I don't know what to expect. I do kind of think we'll go – heavier defense tomorrow, but I'd also agree with Ben that I bet we would pick up a receiver at some point. I mean, I'd like to see us bring in another receiver just to add some competition to that group. Um, so yeah, day three, I feel like (laughs) you never know what you're going to get, but I'm excited.
2: Well, thank you again to our good friends at High V for bringing us Ben Lieber and Lindsay Young from the Vikings entertainment network. Awesome stuff as always guys. And I look forward to day three. I mean, who knows how many picks we'll have at the end of this draft. All right, Jay, that was an awesome conversation with Vikings.com's Ben Lieber and, of course, Lindsey Young. They bring two very different perspectives and two very valuable perspectives to the show. So, a big thank you to those guys for joining us on tonight's show. And with that, I think we're going to close this thing out because we are packed with draft content throughout this weekend. And we're going to get back to all the draft content that we got to get out for you guys on the Vikings platform. So, make sure. To check out Vikings.com, the Vikings YouTube page, Vikings Now Connected TV app, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, the iHeartRadio app where you can catch these very episodes. Uh, we have a lot of content that's on all of those platforms Vikings General Manager Rick Spielman spoke to the media again tonight following all four selections that we just covered, so definitely go check that out. And Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson has been inside the TCO Studios at the TCO Performance Center conducting just about every single interview uh, that's possible there. So check out the one-on-ones, check out an interview with Vikings owner and team president Mark Wilf, and all of the interviews that Gabe is doing have been spectacular. So definitely go check those out. And also, make sure to catch another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Tomorrow, we will have Vikings color analyst and another former linebacker, Pete Bursich, as well as Vikings team reporter Eric Smith, will join the show. So we're bringing you guests every single night of this NFL draft. Thanks to Jay Nelson for setting it all up. And thank you again to our friends from High V for their great sponsorship of the Minnesota Vikings podcast all weekend long. For Jay Nelson, for Ben Lieber, for Lindsey Young, we will see you tomorrow night.